Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? October 5th, 2020. This is the Fightful Post-Raw Podcast. And things actually happened tonight. Not like through the entire show, but things did happen. I am joined tonight by Denise Salcedo, who has warned us. Her internet is going in and out, maybe here and there. Denise, how you doing? How's it holding up? Well, hopefully, I don't out of nowhere just disappear from this stream. So pray for me, pray that the internet gods are on my end because I have to this day to ever miss a raw post show. So if it's today, I would be pretty, pretty angry. Uh, Yeah, that would be really unfortunate. Uh, Don't worry, Denise. If anything happens, I have you covered. Denise, what, wait, what's happening? What's happening? Have you frozen up? Denise, you, you have, you have completely frozen up. Denise, can you hear me? Yes, Sean. I can hear you. I can hear you, Sean. I am Kanye West number one fan, Denise Salcedo. Sean, what's your favorite t- uh, Kanye West song? Well, Denise, my favorite Kanye West song is is We Don't Care. Would you mind singing it for us, Denise? I would love to, Sean. All my people that's drug dealing just to get by. Stack your money till it gets sky. Denise, that is beautiful. Kids, sing. Kids, sing. We wasn't supposed to make it past 25. Joke's on you, we still alive. Uh, Denise, throw your hands up in the sky and say, we don't care what people say do this to me i quit fightful this is it i quit fightful i'm done denise salcedo does not sing kanye west okay denise Denise salcedo does not sing kanye west not even sean ross salcedo sings kanye west all right it ain't gonna happen denise We've had a breakthrough here on the fight. You stole my identity and you you twisted it and you made it into the worst possible version of me. Oh, Denise, we've had a major breakthrough on this podcast. I'm so proud of you. The things that we have accomplished. It only took one full year. It only took one full year for this to happen. This is amazing. I hope you watch Friends because... Wait, do you know oh, what that means? Yeah, of course I know what it means. <laughs> I live oh, in the I 90s. Pissed. That You know what? As of right now, I'm a free agent. Sorry, Fightful. I'm done. A free agent? You got the Samoa Joe 2015 <laughs> deal. You know what? Denise, I think your internet's messing up again. What's happening? No, no, no Sean. I am still here. I like you so much better than Luke Owen or Rick Achino or really anybody else. Definitely more than those guys over at Wrestling Observer. You are the best. You are the GOAT wrestling media shit poster, Sean Ross Sapp. The Dong Lord, all hail. Denise, oh I'm just I'm just so so fortunate that that we we have you on board. Uh, you're a very in-demand personality in wrestling. Wow, this is this is a special moment. All this praise that's being showered on me, I truly appreciate it. You know what, Sean? This is just proof that not only do you want to be my best friend, but you also want to be the glorious one, the hammer, 
Denise Salcedo. My God, Denise. My God. Guys, leave a thumbs up. Subscribe. It looks like Denise's internet issues have cleared up. It's amazing. Uh, Donate a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. Like Anakin JMT, who says, Friends is a garbage show. That show is fantastic. It is one of my favorite shows. How dare you? You know what? I'm I'm very upset today. And people are just continuing with upsetting me over my friend's fandom, making me sing Kanye West, impersonating me very, very poorly. Poorly? has gone up. Poorly? If somebody were to have impersonated you on this show, they definitely wouldn't have run out of breath trying to fit in everything because they were so excited to sing it. That definitely wouldn't have happened. Anakin JMT says, Denise's internet getting revenge for that pizza in ranch video. Sean sings better than Jeremy. Well, it doesn't take much. Uh, Eloquent says, Friends is a very overrated show. And then we get a bunch of super chats. The Jam one, Ryan B. Jam says, Denise has a Kanye West for life tattoo confirmed. Michael Esquivel says, Denise loves Kanye. Paper Cup says, Denise prefers Kanye to Taylor confirmed. I'm breaking stories all the time, Denise. This is fake news. I finally get what fake news means. This is clickbait. This is this is the dirt sheets, okay? Spreading false accusations about the good person and the fellow diehard Swifty that is Denise Salcedo. He did not just tarnish the Denise Salcedo Swifty name. So I've only had one person like refer to dirt sheets to me like in person. I asked Braun Strowman. I was like, "Hey, you know, you had a contract renewal that that happened recently. Like that didn't get out. Did that surprise you?" He's like, no, it didn't really surprise me. I'm not stooging it off to the dirt sheets like some of these other marks. I was like, okay. Well, well played. Well played. I can uh, expect that from Braun Strowman. <laughs> Queen Hannah says, what is happening? Denise has let her true feelings be known. Um, that's what's happened. I'm very proud that she chose to do that on this show. Colt Bedeau says, is Ali messing with your internet, Denise? He got sick of it. I bet Ali doesn't like Taylor Swift. He prefers Kanye West. That's what's going on here. And DJ the Kid 91 says, Friends is a version of Living Single. I loved Living Single when I was growing up. I've never seen Living Single. Oh, you really should. If you liked Friends, you'd probably like Living Single. Uh, Ron Patel says, I'd rather watch Matlock than watch Friends. Ooh. What is Ooh. up with all of this Friends hate? That is a great show, and it's funny, and I watch it all the time. Don't you have any pride in the West Coast? East Coast versus West Coast beef. You can't like Friends. Well, I'm sorry. God, I didn't know that was such a thing. You know, we're you know here in the West Coast, we know that we are the greater coast, so we don't have to shy away from watching the competition show because we already know we are the best coast, and there really is a song called The Best Coast. We'll see. Because we are. I should battle that, but I'm not going to. You probably are. It kind of sucks where I live. So, Anyway, guys, remember, leave a thumbs up. That stuff really helps us. Subscribe. I dropped an interview with Ben Carter today. He's trained under uh, Seth Rollins at Black and Brave. He had two breakout performances at AEW Dark and Late Night Dynamite. I talked to him about his options, about him getting COVID, about how he got into AEW for those appearances. Uh, and I've got Amber Nova this week as well. Well, let's go ahead and talk Monday Night Raw. Donate those super chats. Get your question or statement read on the air. And uh, as we as we say that, Paper Cup says, Just in, Taylor Swift bans Denise from all of her concerts and ever listening to her music. Also, Friends sucks. If that happened, not only would Denise legitimately quit Fightful, she would block me from all social media. And that is not a joke. She would do that. And I, I don't think you realize what a big that would be the worst thing. Like I would just like stop existing after that. Like it would be horrible. Horrible. I, know. <laughs> I have nightmares of Taylor Swift not liking me. This is a true story. Yes, I have nightmares where I've met her and she doesn't like me. And I'll wake up in a sweaty panic. Oh my god, Taylor Swift doesn't like me. It's horrible. But I know she does because she liked my picture on Instagram and she shared me on her story, okay? Sean, has your hero ever done that for you? No, but Taylor Swift did that for me. Who do you think my hero is? I don't know. Who is your hero? I don't know. 
Do you have a hero? That's just sad. Sean. Myself, really maybe. Sad. I don't know. You, oh come on! But you know who you know who doesn't follow you on social media? Taylor Swift doesn't. You know who follows me? She Puff. doesn't follow anyone. She's a freaking star. She doesn't need to follow anyone. She doesn't need to make friends with people. She is the music industry. P Diddy follows me, Denise. P Diddy, oh come on. Flavor Flav follows me. All right, so is this all about followers now? Yeah, and who follows of course me? it you is. You know who follows me, and I couldn't believe it. This just happened. Who? Big sexy Kevin Nash he follows, follows me. me too. <laughs> no, you know what? He follows me better. And you know what? I didn't do a podcast with his buddy for years. So there. We got Monday Night Raw to talk about. Hot diggity darn. I should probably move my camera. It's a little bit a little bit I'm I'm completely off to the side now. My God, people. Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, and Oscar defeated Lana, Natalia, and Zelina. Because if there's one thing we needed to know, Denise, it is can Asuka beat Zelina? That was a very important question that we have not had answered two or three times in the last eight days. Uh, I do like Mandy and Dana teaming together. Mandy has experience in a team. I want to see Dana highlighted better. I thought the faces looked really good in this, and Mandy, or Mandy cracked Lana with a knee and got the win. How'd you feel about this? I thought Dana Brooke actually looked the most impressive. I thought that her opening with Natalia, she did like some acrobatic stuff that I was like, man, I kind of forgot that Dana Brooke could do all of this. So I thought of anything, she came off looking the most impressive. Mandy, I'm glad she got the win, but I didn't think she came across looking as impressive as Dana Brooke did. So afterwards, Shayna and Nia show up and Zelina hits the bricks. Natalia fights them off a little bit. But Lana gets Samoan dropped through the table again. Like, even the table spots are getting rematches on this show. It's kind of funny. But at this point, I don't know what it serves. But I did laugh that I thought it was a little bit ridiculous. Did you really? I did it. I just thought it was interesting that they did it again. But I will say this, though. When Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler came out, I actually felt really bad that I forgot that they were a team and that I forgot that they were champions and that I forgot that they were gone. So that is not a good sign. No, and I kind of did too. Uh, Thank you, Joe Mallard, for the Super Chat. If you have a question, let us know. Reminder, donate. You get your question or statement read on the air. Also, my Q&A form goes up on FightfulSelect.com in the morning. You can ask a, a few questions as well. I'll answer them every week. We're breaking news there every single day. If you see exclusive news from Fightful, it started at FightfulSelect.com. Uh, the Jam one, Ryan B. Jam says, WWE is looking real petty, putting Lana through a table for a third time in a month. It's hard to disagree with that at this point, Denise. Do you think there's a correlation between Lana doing this and Miro, the former Rusev, popping up on AEW? I remember thinking this the first time that it happened and you know, maybe thinking that I was reaching But now after you just said the third time, it's kind of hard to act like that might not be a real possibility. Angel Perez says Lana's new gimmick is taking a table bump every week. I've seen worse gimmicks than that. So, I mean, WWE is just named a guy T-Bar. So (laughs) is that worse than going through a table every week? MVP called him T-Bag tonight. So, yeah, for sure. For sure. Do you do you know what a... What are you going to ask? Because I'm scared. Do you know what a slapjack is, Denise? Well, I saw the thing on Urban Dictionary, but I don't want to describe it. So you Okay, can take it is the, the act the... of ejaculating on one's hand, then slapping another person in the face, Denise. I don't get how that is satisfying for a human being to it's, do. It's not. It's disrespectful. Do you know what a T-bar is? I kind of do. It's when one is wearing a thong or a G-string, they sit down, and it sticks out. You see a T-bar, also known as the whale tail. There we go. Uh, Braun Strowman is running around backstage, and he pops up, and he goes, I know Raw Underground isn't happening tonight, but I want a match. Adam Pierce goes, hey, you're not getting one. You, you, You can get an exhibition if somebody wants to fight you. And Keith Lee's like, yeah, I'll fight him. So Adam Pierce is like, sure. Rob Wilkins sends a super chat and says, said it before, Sean does a better Braun than Braun does. Hot diggity dog. Poor Braun. Braun's taking a lot of hits tonight. Well, he sure did. Their match immediately ended in a countout, a double countout. Keith Lee has had eight matches on WWE Raw. 
five of them have went to non-finishes or DQ finishes, Denise. So when I when they made this match, I was like, oh, this is great. And for some reason, I forgot that, you know, we've been seeing a lot of real non-finishes, nothing, you know, nothing that actually sticks, right? That kind of escaped my mind. And I was looking forward to this match. I was like, all right, you know, I've always said it. I'm not really into like the powerhouse guys, like, you know, just two big dudes going at it. That doesn't usually really do it for me. But this time I was actually interested. I was like, all right, let's see what Keith Lee and Braun Strowman do here. And I was just kind of getting into the match and then they get counted out. And I thought the, I thought the finish was really, 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 really lame. And I did not like that whatsoever. And I mean, this is one of the things that we've been talking about. The fact that Keith Lee is, you know, he's getting these moments. Yeah, great. But he's not getting any actual real finishes. So how, what is that doing for him? Not much. And I thought of anything, maybe I know it kind of seems far fetched for him to get a, you know, a nice victory over Braun Strowman. So maybe I was, you know, you know, hoping too much, but I figured it'd be a nice possibility, a nice option, especially for Keith Lee and his future on Monday Night Raw. Well, Keith Lee uh, got ran through the barricade, but he wasn't done with Braun Strowman. They, he ran Braun into the LED boards and knocked him off the stage. To me, I'm just sitting here wondering, why couldn't this have waited one week, Denise? Even the, even the company's Twitter was like, rematch, please. And I'm like, no, this should have happened next week. Braun gets drafted to Raw. He walks out. Keith Lee just shows up ready to fight because he's the big dude around there. He's the sirloin beef sons of bitch that runs around there, and he's tired of his matches getting ran in on. So you know what? He's going to rectify that situation by fighting Braun Strowman because who in their right mind would run in on a Keith Lee-Braun Strowman match? Then you do the same freaking thing that they just did tonight. They botched it. Cooler. They botched it by a week. They had Dana Brooke pop up two weeks before the draft. They had Braun Strowman on the show two, three weeks before the draft. They had all these people, Drew Gulak, two or three weeks before the draft, undermining the show. The very definition of blowing your wad. That's what this is. Well, not only that, I felt that, you know, on SmackDown, they did such a great job of promoting night one of the draft on SmackDown for SmackDown. And I don't really feel like we got the same amount of promotion for for next week's Raw. I don't either. Uh, As I said, it felt like they blew their wad on this draft. And let me tell you, you never want to just blow your wad prematurely. Thankfully... Our friends at Blue Chew can help. If you're looking to give somebody a slapjack, do it on your own time. Don't do it out of shame or humiliation. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. But they're chewable, so it gets right into your system. It's ready whenever you are or whenever you're not. And you don't have to have a problem to use Blue Chew. You don't have to run around just gawking at T-bars like some sort of creep. You don't have to have problems like that. This is for confidence, for performance. That's what Blue Chew gives you. And you know who gives it to you? The mailman, discreetly. Come straight to your door. So you can come straight to whatever you're, 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 you know. Let's be real. It's prescribed online by Blue Chew affiliated physicians And you don't have to wait in line at the doctor. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. You don't have to wait three hours like we do to do this show. I mean, you might be going for three hours. I don't know what kind of marathons you're running in the bedroom, in the sackaroo. But Blue Chew will get you there. When you use that code FIGHTFUL, you get your first shipment free. Just pay $5 shipping. Hit them up at Blue Chew on Twitter and tell them you heard about them from us. That stuff is very important. BlueChew.com. Code Fightful, hot diggity dog. They could have waited one week to do this, Denise. One week and it would have been a lot better. Yeah, I agree. Can you imagine like the excitement of just, I was going to say the pop, but really there's no audience, so I can't even say that. Yeah. Uh, but can you imagine the excitement of people seeing Keith Lee go out and just be like, you know what, Bron? Like, yeah, you're here on Raw now. Let's do this. Like, let's go head to head. Like, that would have been a very nice moment and a really good opportunity for Keith Lee just to look, you know, just look impressive. That's what he needs. The Jam on Ryan B. Jam says, if you want to slapjack someone, Blue Chew is for you. That came before my uh, segue, by the way. 
Paper Cup says, Would Denise say that a slapjack isn't enjoyable if Taylor came out and said she was into it? Dude, if Taylor... No, okay. So this is going to sound really bad, but if Taylor Swift said she was into, like, the most outrageous thing and, like, told her fans to try it, I'd be like... Let's do it. I'm going for it. I Punching dogs. I do what Taylor Swift does. Pun- I punch the dogs twice. Denise! <laughs> I do what Taylor Swift commands. It's just the way things work, Sean. If she became the dog lord, you would punch dogs? If she wanted me to, I would just, like, you know, say my prayers and then do it. Denise! That that game that you were playing last week with the devil on it and everything, it's got it it's possessed you. How is that is not a devil game? Mm, it's a devil game. <laughs> Great, you're spreading rumors now that been, I play devil games, punch dogs, and God knows and do slapjacks T bar stuff. <laughs> Evan Wright says best feud in wrestling is Wilkins versus Kevin Dunn. Rob Wilkins is always a great follow. Ron Patel says, I want Denise to do a review of Matlock on her channel. You might be surprised how well some people receive stuff like that. You should do an old school review. Review Andy Griffith or something, Denise. I will keep that in mind. While you're out punching dogs. WWE 24-7 title match. Drew Gulak pinned R-Truth backstage. I did think it was funny when Gulak was dressed as a janitor and Truth yelled, Randy Orton! That... These two segments, I was actually entertained by both of them because of that and them fighting in the garbage can I thought was kind of funny. Uh, Truth ends up winning the title. Uh, Akira Tozawa's in there as well. The Randy Orton line was it for me. That was it. I thought that was hilarious, and I feel that it's such a small little thing that goes a long way because it just it, it it makes sense. We just saw Randy Orton dressed as a janitor, so why not throw a nod to that? It seems so obvious, but it's something that you didn't expect for him to say. So I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I thought these were perfectly fine. All things considered, they were all right, uh, all right skits, and that's all I can ask for here. Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins against Humberto Carrillo and Dominic. Uh, thankfully, Dominic is getting that fresh matchup against Rollins and Murphy. This is very important. But Rollins scolds Murphy before this and says that, uh, says that, or basically just tells him to listen to him. And Murphy says that Rollins needs to apologize to Aaliyah. Rollins screams at him, and this plays plays big factors into this match. Um, I'm all for Dominic and Humberto teaming. I like them. I like Humberto in this role. I like his new gear. I thought he was awesome in this match. This is the Humberto Carrillo that that I that I've been waiting for. What did you think of this match? We we get to see stuff like a fireman's carry gut buster out of Rollins. We get to see some moves that we don't usually see out of him because he's working smaller guys, but that finish, geez. So starting off with the actual promo, I like the fact that Murphy was just kind of, you know, describing himself. The line that I liked was when he said, your ideal disciple. I thought that was pretty funny. And then when... Seth and Murphy were kind of was when Seth when Seth Rollins was saying like Messiah disciple Messiah disciple oh I loved that part too so there was a lot of things that I liked that they did in this promo that I thought worked out really well uh, as for the match I thought they had some really cool uh, double team spots with both Umberto and Dominic and if anything Dominic I mean sorry not Dominic Umberto Umberto looked great in this match he was on a row he was like one second there. One second outside the ring, just doing cool stuff. I mean, he looked great. Uh, his hair looked different. I don't know it if did. that was just me. I don't know if he got a cut or he restyled it. I, I don't know. It looked but less ridiculous. It looked less ridiculous. He looked a little bit more grizzled. I yeah, thought. yeah. And then, oh, I love the finish. Uh, you, Murphy just getting him like as he's coming down with the knee. That looks sick, and it was sharp, and it was perfect so i loved the ending to this match so considering that this isn't something brand new that we've seen i enjoyed it a lot more than i was probably expecting to oh by far this was the the most like i've i've been interested in one of these matches in a while and rollins and murphy having this miscommunication led to two spots where it looked like Humberto was going to win or where he did take advantage including the finish and despite all that Murphy got that that knee, and that was amazing. And again, one of the best performances I have ever seen 
out of Humberto. That was awesome. I kind of hope that they continue this this Mysterio team with him because that's a guy that Dominic Mysterio can learn from. And that they that's, can both benefit from being part of this team. And there was actual storyline progression here, all for it. So right right after this, backstage, Seth Rollins tells Murphy he has until ten to apologize to him. Aaliyah comes up to Murphy. She doesn't want that to happen. We we come out to to, to be in front of the, the Thunderdome people or whatever that may be. If Murphy were to talk, I was kind of hoping, and maybe we'll see it in future weeks, that he'd mention, where's Razar? Where's Akam? Where's Austin Theory? Where where are these other disciples? You used them. You got rid of them. Like, two of them don't even work for us anymore. And they're not above referencing that. They did a whole storyline about Heath with that. But instead, he kicks Rollins right in the face after he gets yelled at and beats the brakes off of him with a kendo stick, and makes him apologize to Aaliyah. Rollins, his verbal selling is just so great. Him yelling and screaming and all that. But eventually Rollins attacks Murphy and goes after him, grabs him by the eyes, and Aaliyah makes the save. Before we get into really the Mysterios aspect of it, the apology and the, the confrontation and the maybe the official split of these two, how do you feel? My favorite part was when Seth Rollins was on his knees and he was screaming out for Aaliyah. And he's like, Aaliyah, Aaliyah, kind of hoping that she would come out and save him. I thought that was hilarious. You know what's funny? That I thought Raw took, a like, I felt the three hours today, but there were a lot of, like, comedic moments throughout the show that really got me. You know, earlier we talked about, you know, our truth and the Randy Orton line. I think this was another one for me when Seth Rollins was just screaming out for Aaliyah. Like, I don't know why, but I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I did like the beat down for you know the turn with with Murphy and Seth Rollins I mean we all knew that it was coming so I'm glad that they did it now instead of prolonging it and I thought that it worked out really well and I I know that this you know this storyline is very wonky and you know a lot of people don't like it but I can't say that I completely hate it because it's just it seems to be working out. I I don't know if that sounds bad or if that's a horrible thing to say, but it's sort of working out and coming together. It's working out now because I've got some storyline progression to it. There's some stuff that that seems good and makes sense and they're finally adjusting. For a while it was just the same thing over and over and over again. Uh Dominic caring about his sister and trying to keep her out of all this I like the Mysterios coming out. I like that Angie Mysterio is just a part of the roster now. They just came out and looked concerned and then went back. But you know what I need to see and what I hope eventually down the line happens? We need to see Aaliyah finally have that moment where she just snaps. She just snaps and, you know, she gets mad at her mom, her dad, her brother for always trying to protect her and put her in a bubble because obviously that could be very frustrating. So I think we need to get to this point where she finally snaps. She has it and, you know, I don't know. I don't know whether or not she's in love with Murphy, but that's what they were going with. So assuming that she's going to snap and say, you know what? This is the man I love and this is what I'm going to do and no one can keep me from him. Eventually, I think we might have to see that. I mean, we've seen her snap before with that kendo stick on Murphy of all people. Like we saw her beat the brakes off of somebody with it. Uh, This is the most interested I've been in this story in quite a while. So I'm glad that they they finally done something. Uh, We got a super chat. From the nerd guru that says, Buddy Murphy's V-Trigger is better than Kenny Omega's. Mm, I don't know, but it's a very good one. I'm not going to criticize it. That, that's for sure. Uh, donate a super chat, guys, to get your question or statement read on the air. Ed Call says, I'm late. Denise is punching dogs with Satan now? Oh, my God. God, you see, now people are going to have this horrible opinion of me and the kind of person that I am. Thanks to Sean Ross Sapp, you have ruined my reputation. Oh, God. Denise. I can just imagine what my Twitter timeline is going to look like Denise. after this show. Man. Anakin JMT says, if Taylor Swift told you to jump off a cliff, would you? Oh, yeah. I'd be like, which cliff? You tell me. I'll do it. Denise. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sean. What can I say? She's the Messiah. I'm the disciple. Oh, no. <laughs> no. All right? That's um, just the way it is. You're watching oh, it play out in real life. I'm, I'm Buddy Murphy. I'm so ashamed that I laughed at that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
Paper Cup says, if you think about it, Ray is a cuck. Dom is Eddie's son and Aaliyah is someone else's daughter. Just saying. Not really. Uh, Ray is both. I did an article. Didn't I, Denise, about who Dominic's father was? Yes, you did. It was groundbreaking, hard-hitting news. It's in our resources section now. For anybody who needs to look it up, type in who is Dominic Mysterio's father. There you go. Uh, Jamie Aguilar says, I think the one thing that will save this story for me is if Aaliyah joins up with Seth in a swerve. What do you all think? I don't think that's a good idea unless she's a disciple. I don't want her to be a love interest because everybody in the world knows about Seth and Becky, Denise. Yeah, definitely not a love interest. I don't know how I would feel about that. But, I mean, I can yeah, I can see her going the disciple way. But I just, I don't know. I think it's going to turn into more of, you know, her aligning with Murphy and going against her family. And then we're going to end up seeing Do- Dominic and Murphy a million times. And that's the direction that I'm guessing it's going to go in. Anakin JMT says, Sean, what's worse, the karate cult or the Taylor Swift cult? Oh, the karate cult, by far. The Taylor Swift cult can probably beat up the the karate cult. The karate cult is... The thing that I don't like about karate is there are tons of parents and kids who get a false sense of security by taking karate, and then they get beat up for real when something happens because it is not an effective form of combat. Taekwondo, you can learn a few things, but I could talk about this for like an hour. I would lead an army of Taylor Swift and Sasha Banks stands into a world war and be very confident that I would emerge victorious just from the level of guano crazy involved in those two. But it's at least effective. I know that if they want to kill somebody, they'll do it. Nobody who does karate can kill anybody. We will. Tay Voodoo, it's a thing. Google it. Man, T.S. Genki says, Seth reveals he's into polygamy. Well... If if he is, so so be it. I, I'm not here to judge. Uh, Joe Mallard says, I've been a follower of Fightful for years. You always do great work, Sean. Keep it up, brother. Well, thank you very much. Uh, also, thank Jeremy Lambert, Robert DeFelice, Carlos Toro, people who, who do the news cycle on on Fightful because that's a big part of it. They, they rock it over there. Aaron Entertainment says, Denise goes to the Church of Swift, Sean. Well, I, that's weird because I just heard her singing a Kanye West song earlier, so... Jesus, you know they do sell those like uh those like candles, the saint candles, but they have the Taylor Swift version on Etsy. I've been wanting to buy it for a really long time, but I'm afraid to bring it home to my Catholic family. Oh man. <laughs> I so I've I've got my my grandparents are Catholic and I didn't participate in any Catholic stuff until their funerals. It was an experience. I'll tell you that much. It was an experience. That I had not experienced before. Paper... <laughs> An experience you have not experienced before. That is groundbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Paper Cup says K-pop stands versus Taylor stands. Who will win? If it's an online battle, K-pop stands. If it's a physical battle, Taylor stands. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Abhinav Tiramula says unpopular wrestling opinion. Mine is that Moxley is lame. I don't know. Um... You know what? I have to kind of agree with that. That's been one of my, not that he's lame, but I just never really got the Moxley hype. So I will say that I agree with that unpopular opinion. And I've had that unpopular opinion before. I thought that, I thought he was one of those guys that to me was a little bit overhyped. So I agree with that unpopular opinion. I'm trying to think of one. Um, Man, I don't know. I don't really want to, want to kill dead air or anything like that, but. Uh, I'll think of one. I'll think of one for this show, and if not, I, I will pretty soon. Evan Wright says Humberto and Dominic will probably be in a number one contenders match next week. Probably. Uh, we have the KO show. Kevin Owens throws his office chairs out of the ring, which seems like he does like all the... This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming... And his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Time now. He's usually excited for his guests, but he isn't able to have a nice chat tonight. He wants Bray Wyatt to answer him, and Bray Wyatt does. 
He sings a song about friendship. Kevin Owens is like, what are they going to do next? Bring out the brood? Bring out the ministry? Well, it's possible. Gangrel's still wrestling. But Owens is going to Wyatt, but he doesn't get to. Aleister Black shows up and kicks him in the face. I get the feeling Owens is headed to SmackDown. They have telegraphed this heavily. This is my favorite segment of Raw, the Firefly Funhouse this week. I thought it was hilarious. The Friends song, I need to go back and learn the lyrics. I mean, I'm sorry, but Bray Wyatt just has the best facial expressions and the way he was like saying the words and just everything. Oh my God. If he ever retires from wrestling, I can see him being a host on Nickelodeon and using those Firefly Funhouse, you know, as his real footage to get him a job there because damn, I love this. This was hilarious. I thought it was a pretty solid segment and it was very clear. They're moving Owens over to SmackDown. We know it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Come on. Uh, but Owens is so much better than what they've treated him. So much better. Uh, <laughs> JK Schwallow three says, how does Denise feel about Jeremy shooting on her last night on the NXT post show? Denise had her own stuff to do. Wait, he, sh- he did a shoot on me? What do you say? I don't know. By the I way, I have, to fi- I have to file a complaint about Jeremy Lambert. Okay, to I'm ready. File to Fightful Human Resources. That's because me. Jeremy Lambert sends me very aggressive text messages, DMs, and I have proof. And they are bad language. And Jeremy knows what I'm talking about. I am hereby suspending Jeremy Lambert. Until October 6th, 2020. He is suspended for the remainder of this day. Without pay. The Jam Thank 1 you. Ryan B. Jam says, Bray's Friends song is better than the Friends TV show theme song. That theme sucks. Wait, you don't like the Friends theme song? No, it sucks really bad. Oh, come on, Sean. It's garbage, Denise. No, it's not. The it's Rembrandts or whatever they're called. Oh, it's so terrible. Oh, it's a fun song. And they're making a ton of money off of that. Think of oh, all I'm the sure. royalties. I'm sure. DJ the Kid 91 says the Nicki Minaj barbs are more crazy than the Taylor cult. They are vicious. Do you think that's the truth? No, I'm a part of Stan culture. So I see I see the Stan fans. Like You should see my Twitter account. It's like Ariana Grande fans fighting with Taylor Swift fans, fighting with Lana Del Rey stans, fighting with Demi stans, fighting with Katie Katz. I mean, everybody's fighting. I don't fighting. get it. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Well, I mean, I do fight with, like, Kim Kardashian fans, so, oof, sorry. Well, the big happening on this episode of Raw, the Hurt Business won the best of 15 against Apollo Crews. They have faced off 15 times since June. It was 7-7, to Denise. The Hurt Business got the win. Backstage MVP told all three of them there's a one-night opening in the Hurt Business. And Apollo has now faced them 15 straight times. I'll say this. I thought Ricochet's promo was the best I've heard from him on the main roster where he passes on the Hurt Business. Ali made fun of them for getting scared of Retribution's logo. That looms pretty huge. And also, it makes a little bit of sense. I didn't even think about this, but... Last week, Apollo or Ali beat these guys because of Retribution. Now he's leading Retribution, so MVP was right all along. Like he, he was right about them. Like this, they did have something to do with it. How did you? How did you feel about this intro before we got to the match? Honestly, I mean, yeah, I agree with you on everything you said. Ricochet sounded good. He actually made me fall for it when he was like, "Nah," I forgot what he exactly he said, but I. But I did like that. Um, but I, it's just very hard for me like to just continue pretending like I haven't heard or seen all of this before. So it's very hard for me to get interested in what they're doing with the Hurt Business and all of this right now. It just it, It's too much. It's the same thing. So it kind of really takes me out of it. Evan Wright said, SRS Board of Writing Articles does a Best of 15 series, has been must-see, it's captiv- captivating television. Yes, I did sarcastically write an article about all this, but um, this match is fine. It's an okay match, but all their matches are okay. But we don't need them. We do not need a 15th or 16th. And then after they get beat, after Apollo gets tapped out, you got Ricochet saying, we're going to keep coming back until you get tired of us. And everybody collectively is like, please don't. Just give up, Ricochet. Please give up. 
Um, it's sad, but I'm done. I'm done. Like every time this the segment comes out on Raw or anything like this, it's kind of my moment where I'm like, all right, I can tune out because I already know what's gonna happen. Like literally, just copy and paste whatever I said the last 15 matches for this, and you can insert it into this podcast because it's the same thing. It is the same thing. It is uh, the best. The highlight of this, I thought there was a nice tilt a whirl into that Yokosuka cutter that Lashley does. Apollo has a nice spine buster, but when you set it next to Bobby Lashley's, it's tough. Tough. That's just a good one. Uh, We didn't need to watch this again. We didn't need to see it again. Uh, MVP called T-Bar, T-Bag. That was very funny. I laughed at that. That was cool. Andrew Lolivar says, Sean, pick your poison. Would you rather have an entire Raw filled with you people promos or an entire Raw filled with Apollo versus Hurt Business? Uh, by far, Apollo versus Hurt Business, because there are four members of Hurt Business, and Apollo Crews is really good at wrestling. So I would much rather see that. Um, the You People promos, I think, are really stupid. I think they're cookie-cutter, generic, and lazy, and they did two of them last week. For people who have not been on the show in months, who have not been around fans in months, and they come back and cut all You People promos, I hate it. I really hate it. Uh, the Jam on Ryan B. Jam says T- Taylor Swank fan or bah, Taylor stands versus Liv stands. Who wins? Taylor stands by by far. Um, I like Liv Morgan's wrestling more than I like Taylor Swift's music, but the stand it, it isn't even close. Not even close. You're just like saying that to my face now, Sean. How dare you? Paper Cup says, I bet Denise likes the Big Bang Theory. It's on par with Friends. I will I will not have that. Friends I is much love better. I the Big Bang Theory. Oh, it's garbage. You, I binge watched all the seasons. It's I'm a fan garbage. and I even had the shirts. I had the, oh, I, I even went to the studio and you know, I got the tour. It was fantastic. Jim Parsons was hilarious. I oh. interviewed the cast. Oh, I well, love the Big Bang Theory. That's cool. I mean, that's that's nice. But their show sucked. And Friends was much better. Friends is much better. Y'all uh, need to learn how to live, okay? Oh, Enjoy God. these dorky shows. They're great. Oh, man. Oh, man. So we, we will... Just, uh, yeah, we'll circle crazy. back to the Ali situation. But we had the... Uh, Evan Wright says, I still stand, behind, stand by my Hobbs Spinebuster over Lashley Spinebuster take. Lashley's a close second for sure, though. Ricochet needs MVP to cut these promos. I actually thought that Ricochet did pretty good tonight. I thought that we saw more more personality out of him. The line, the LeBron James line, I thought was good. I thought that was pretty pretty stellar from him, all things considered. Because I've been critical of his promos in the past, but I think they've been it was good tonight. It's very good, good tonight. Good for him. Keep it going as long as he keeps doing mic work. He just keeps getting better and better eventually. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax defeated the Riot Squad to retain the titles. This is a fine match. It's okay. Uh, not nearly long enough. There was a cool DDT I saw from Ruby where she did like a monkey flip, then slingshotted her back against the ropes and did a DDT. But eventually, Baszler just chokes out Ruby and gets the win. This wasn't as long as I would have liked, especially for a title match on a three-hour Raw. I think they could have got 10 to 15 out of this if they wanted and this this just wasn't enough. It's a title match. It's a match with stakes, Denise. Drag it out a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree with you, especially because, you know, they made this big, you know, they actually presented it, you know, right before the match. They presented it all big with, you know, everybody in the ring re- announcing it. So it kind of felt like they were going to make it into like a big deal. But then it kind of just wasn't. Yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't. Uh, this was just... This was one of the things going into the show. I was like, oh, they could headline with this. It's a title match. Why not? Make the title seem more important. It's weird to me that on a three-hour show like this, instead of maximizing the things that matter, they minimize them. They're like, oh, well, let's get this let's get this done and over with. That's That's what? dumb. I mean, they could have definitely played off, you know, the whole big return for Nia and Shayna and kind of gone from there. This is a great opportunity for, you know... Liv and Ruby kind of, you know, take that angle, but I don't think that was really emphasized on it. And especially because it doesn't really feel like there's been any, there wasn't obviously like really any major buildup towards this. So maybe that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eloquent says Big Bang Theory is a bottom two show, not number two. (laughs) 
Anshu Kamal says, I vote to move the 24-7 title to main event in the draft, so most of us will never see it again. I wouldn't mind if they did some stuff with the 24-7 title on on uh, main event. I think that would be, be a really good idea. Jamie Aguilar says, I would love to see Shayna and Nia go to NXT and fight Dakota, Raquel, and rekindle that old NXT feud. I would too. I love Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Oh, they! I like them too. They're very different, but they feed off each other really great. Brickbat says, start looking for a new co-host, Sean. Hey, I can't help it if Denise proclaims her love for punching dogs and listening to Kanye West. That's what she does. And, and plays double games. Denise, do you know what a playoff beard is? MK, based on what you're saying, is it like a beard that you grow when you're watching the playoffs? Some, somewhat. And they have like losing streak beards, you know what I mean? Where you don't shave until you... Like a superstition thing. Yeah, of course. Okay. You you don't shave until the the terrible streak ends. Well, let me tell you, if you if you started one of those with your pubes when Apollo Crews first started a feud with the Hurt Business, then since June fifteenth, you will have done without care, without any care. Right now, you're rocking a Bob Ross in your pants. If you would have done that. And if you are, if for some reason you said on June 15th, you know what? I am not going to shave or take care of my pubes until this Apollo Crews Hurt Business feud is over. And I know many of you did. I know many of you did. So many of you have told me that you did just that. And fortunately, I can tell you that Manscaped.com is here to help you. And of course, Manscaped.com. Use that code FIGHTFUL. You get 20% off free shipping. Manscaped.com. Code FIGHTFUL. I mean, beyond the fact that you're going to have to get rid of your uh, college Clyde Drexler down there, you don't want to be sliced open. You don't want to be cut open. I mean, they haven't they haven't gotten any, any blood spots in the Apollo Crews feud, so you shouldn't when you're taking care of your nuts. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball trimmer ever created. That is only six months less than this feud has been. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. It features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to that advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. Manscaped obsesses over technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. So you can you can have that smooth, bald head. Your nuts can look like the top of Apollo Cruz's head. Bobby Lashley said, like they're just sitting there right next to each other. Nice and smooth. When you trim the bushes, the tree stands taller, and they use only the best ingredients for their formulations. Hey, hey, how about this ball toner? I know you love it. I know you all are here to see the ball toner. How about the crop preserver? I know you love it, guys. And one of the coolest features about the Lawnmower 3.0 is the LED light that illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. And they've upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with Quiet Stroke technology. They have added one RPM for every Apollo Crews Hurt Business match. That is 7,000 RPMs. Trim that junk. 20% off plus free shipping. Use the code FIGHTFUL at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. I don't usually double up, Denise, but got to pay the bills, you know. Oh, I was scared. I didn't know where you were going with this. Didn't know where I was, I was going with that one, did you? I just tried, yeah, I was scared. I was like, I'm just going to pretend that I'm not here so no attention <laughs> is drawn over here. We're, we were a little light on, on the content tonight, despite the fact that this was a very noteworthy show for this reason. Ali versus MVP. Uh, before we get into that, K2KYD says, hope you all get some rest. Also, friends, uh, glad to see you, buddy. Uh, and the Nerd Guru says, Shayna needs to not be in a team and challenge Asuka because Asuka is just tagging with the people they don't push. Yes. Uh, Oblivious Kyrie says, does WWE need uh, really see Nia Jax as the star of the team? I couldn't imagine they do if they watch the matches. 
But it's clear that they see Ali as the star of this storyline. Ali gets beaten up early and Retribution come out. Ali goes back to back with Hurt Business after Ali is like, are you with us? Can, can we fight with you? I thought that was a great touch, Denise, that MVP was like, listen, we're feuding with you, but these guys are a terror. Please join us. I thought that that's added gravity to this situation. Yeah, and you know, maybe that could even have been like a little clue, but I, I, honestly, this whole reveal came as a big surprise to me. I, I know some people may have already seen it coming, but I didn't. Well, I also love that Ali went and got face-to-face with Retribution because I was like, that's something that he would just do. He's a very noble guy. Why wouldn't he do that? But then he turns around and he points at the Hurt Business, and it becomes very evident that Ali is leading Retribution. Ali was supposed to be the hacker. That's that's what was supposed to happen. When they moved him to Raw, they abandoned it. I hope they pick it up, Denise. I hope they pick it up and then just say, yeah, that's where I got my start. Then I thought, maybe I need some more people. There's There are so many layers they could add to this. And I know you are the biggest fan of the hacker storyline that there ever was. Oh, am I really now? <laughs> so, okay, here's the thing. So I am happy, first of all, for Ali because it really feels like, you know, for so many... Now now I'm wondering if, like, yeah, they kept him off TV for all this time and he would come in and come out because I'm assuming maybe they already had this in the works as a plan of having Ali as the leader. I mean, I don't know if this was a last-minute thing or if it was already pre-planned in advance. Who knows? But I'm happy for him because I finally feel like he's getting an opportunity to actually, you know, do something, matter, be on the show. And he has so much potential, so much personality that I do think that we just need that extra something to sort of, you know, really, really get him over with everybody. But then at the same time, it's kind of crazy how he could be like literally your top baby face in the company, but he's now a part of, you know, retribution, this heel group. So it's kind of totally opposite of what maybe I have might considered a more natural path for Ali. So Ali stood and I thought it was a great visual. He's a smaller guy, but quite frankly, more people in the world know what real athletes look like. Most Athletes aren't big, steroided-out, 300-pound guys. They look like Ali. They they look like him. They're lean. They're in shape. But he has some of these big, imposing dudes, not implying that Mace or T-Bar are on steroids. I'm just saying they're larger dudes. Uh, it's a cool visual to see that. And this is by far our most super-chatted segment. Uh, go ahead, donate some more, guys. It helps. But Drew Nicholas says, so happy for Ali. The hacker would have worked well for him. They had to drop it out of nowhere. I hope they don't give him a new name. That's the thing, Denise. They got some stupid names. They're going to call him Taser or something. No, maybe they won't because they already said like, oh my God, Ali is, you know, part of Retribution. So he already said his name, right? So maybe they won't. Yeah, um, man. And then I just got a super chat that I'm absolutely not going to read. That is... Not a funny joke. Uh, but Angel Perez uh, says, Quiet Stroke sounds like a Blue Chew feature. Um, Casey Heenan says, Do you think WWE just connected the storyline uh, from the hacker to the Retribution storyline by having Ali being the leader? I think that they they did in a way. I think they kind of did, but they have to outright mention it. They have to outright say it. Uh, Chris says, how long until Retribution are the biggest baby faces in the company? This is going to be one of those situations, Denise. There was a lot of stuff that... Now, now, what Muhammad, Muhammad Hassan said and what the Nation of Domination said were racially motivated. I don't know if this will be, but there's going to be a lot of things that Retribution probably says about the WWE method that a lot of people are going to look at and say, you know what, they have a point. And if you watch a lot of the Nation of Domination's promos or Muhammad Hassan's promos, you're going to be like, uh, they're supposed to be heels, but they make an awful lot of sense. Like, I'm supposed to feel bad for them because other people are crappy? Or I'm supposed to boo them because other people are crappy? Not necessarily. I think that's going to happen with Retribution. I think they're going to get some babyface sympathy in a way. 
But I kind of hope they do because I don't like the, you know, it would make sense for them to actually make it like, okay, they're not just bad, bad guys. Like they actually have a reason of anything. I think that would add more to the retribution instead of them just being like, oh, we're just going to tear this up and, you know, we're mad or whatever, whatever lame thing you can think of. I'd rather have it be like, oh, well, you know what? They have a point here instead of it just being something goofy. So if anything, if they do, if that does happen, then by all means, that's great. Raul Ortega says, Hurt Business can out team with Cruz and Ricochet every week instead of fighting them. That's for sure going to happen. It will happen. Uh, Joe Mallard says, So glad Ali is the leader of Retribution. Me too. Uh, Denise, I don't, did you ever see many of the, the promos that Ali would produce on his own and they aired on WWE? I don't WWE? think I did. Oh, they're so good. And I've talked to Ali about it, and he told me that Vince McMahon would tell him when he would need one. He would go and produce it, and they'd run it. There was no Vince McMahon directive on it. They let him be really creative. And it was shot his own way. It, it was his own terminology. It was his own delivery. And it, it went a long way in establishing him and letting people know what he could do. And they were just so good. I encourage everybody to check them out. Uh, Colt Badeau says, what's Ali's name going to be in Retribution? Will it be Hacker Man? I think it'll be Ali. I think it'll just be Mustafa Ali. Queen Hannah says, uh, Ali being the leader should have ended the show. Rob Wilkins says, Hannah is right. Ali should have closed the show. Uh, yeah, I, I think so too. I I feel like maybe WDB thought the shock value of Drew getting pinned would be more surprising. And the thing is, they could have had two consecutive big closes like that because Drew getting pinned was a big deal. But what do you think should have ended the show? Oh, definitely Ali, because right now when you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, they didn't end the show. I even looked back at my notes yeah. to make sure I knew what ended the show. So that should tell you everything. The fact that I just watched this and the only thing that I can, the biggest thing that I can remember from the night is definitely the Mustafa Ali reveal and not the fact that Drew got pinned. Like that was probably one of just one of the things that faded away from my memory. So, yeah, definitely Mustafa. Um, Rob Wilkins asked if AEW is live Wednesday. I'll have to check. I'll let you know. Uh, the Jam on Ryan B. Jam says, move Ricochet over to SmackDown and have him feud with Sami Zayn over the Intercontinental title. That sounds like a blast. That sounds like a freaking blast. Will Ware says, a few things. Ali being in Retribution, good. I understand, Denise, but Kanye's 80, or 88s and Heartbreaks album is great. Friends is amazing, and Sean knows that the East Coast is the best coast. I can't agree with that. I think I would enjoy the West Coast a little bit more. Thank you. I mean, I can't, I can't lie. August 3 says, storyline progression on Raw, the madness. Worst thing is, they probably came up with it last minute, but claim it's been in the works for months. SMH. I can tell you that there was no long-term plan for Retribution when they started, based on what I had heard. Yeah, I think it was kind of obvious, though. And the Nerd Guru closes out that segment and says, Mustafa got to come out and cut the promo of his career next week. We know he can deliver. I think he, I know he can too. What do you think? That would be awesome. They hey, they got to give him some. You know, he's got to come out, do some sort of explanation. Really, really, how put this over and the fact that he's a leader. Maybe some of the mastermind behind this. Who knows what they come up with? But this is going to be a really uh, golden opportunity for people to be able to see what they haven't seen from Ali. Guys, as we get into the last segment, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications. Uh, we've got a new series on FightfulGaming.com. In addition to all the gameplay, we're always doing all kinds of gameplay. So if you see that, come in, drop a super chat. Helps out the creators a little bit. Uh, but we've got a TEW gameplay that Jeremy and Joe are doing where they intentionally book some of the worst wrestlers in the world. Make sure you guys check that out. Uh <laughs> Zach Connor says, wanted Ali to go to NXT in the draft somehow, but this storyline has me interested in it. Yeah, he he immediately looked like a star to me, Denise. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, even when he just did, you know, he put his hands up. He's got his hair in his face. He's got this, like, serious look. He's got the smolder, the the bad guy look. It was great. The shot was awesome. He looks, and they kept it on him long enough to, like, really sell it, too. He He just looks like such a star. He just looks like such a star, and it works really, really well. And I'm all for it. I'm excited for him. See what they do. So Rand this is his moment. Randy Orton started this show uh, cutting a promo about how and why he attacked each person last week in the dark. 
and challenged Drew to a Hell in a Cell match. And, and oh, man. Um, I'm like, why are they doing this a third time? Why are they doing this a third time? Did we need this third time? You know what? So I was going to come on here originally and probably I thought I was going to feel like, oh, yeah, I'm tired of it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But how they opened up today's show with the Randy Orton promo, I like the fact that he described what he saw, what he did, you know, because the lights were down and we didn't get to see that. And I liked how Drew McIntyre literally just ripped into the room. You know, it goes right after Randy Orton and pulls they get pulled apart. I liked how all of this was executed. So it kind of made me, you know, interested in what they're doing with this long term, you know, feud between Drew. Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. So I thought I was going to feel an entirely different way about having to see this again, but I'm actually not hating having to see this again. I felt they did it out of order. So here's what happens in the match. Uh, Orton working with Montez was very cool. A nice glimpse into the future. Ziggler, I thought was the MVP of this match. He had that great DDT on Dawkins and he took a Claymore from Drew. <laughs> And bounced over the top rope. Rude got one too. But Ford had almost pinned Orton with a frog splash. But when Drew was distracted from claymoring everybody, Orton hit an RKO. I thought they needed that to justify the third title match. But they should have done that like last week and then had Orton challenge and say, I pinned you and if you don't accept this challenge, I'm probably going to go to SmackDown and you ain't getting this back and I know how important that is to you. Because Drew cares about winning. He doesn't want it to end like that. It would have been so easy to just do this last week and then have Drew say, you better get me while you have a chance to because I might be gone next week. Let's go ahead and book this. Drew, I don't think, had been pinned at all since Survivor Series. That was 11 months ago. Oh, 11 months ago? 11 months ago. My God, time flies really fast. Oh my, I mean, think about this. The Edge return of the Royal Rumble was nine months ago. It fe- That feels like three years ago at this point. But That um, feels like a whole other lifetime ago. Yeah. A life that I don't even remember anymore. Where, where people were there. Unbelievable. So, Drew heavily protected, and it matters when he got pinned. When he got pinned, I was like, whoa. But I thought they did this backwards. Uh, Anshu Kamal says, creative has protected McIntyre through his title run. So it did actually feel like it meant something when Orton pinned him to win the match. I agree. It did. And the match was good. I enjoyed it. I just thought they did it backwards. I thought that Montez Ford was getting that win whenever that frog splash hit. And I was going to say, ah, that doesn't make sense. But uh, Angel Perez says, I forgot Drew got pinned faster than they could get the ending logo to pop up. I'm not quite sure what that means, uh, but... um, I was shocked. I was very surprised that Drew took the pin here. I was shocked when it happened, but it was one of those things where it's like, oh, oh, okay, it happened. But it wasn't necessarily, I think, the sting of the show that actually, you know, kind of carried me forward, you know, still thinking about it. Where, you know, there's always that one thing after you finish watching a show that you want to talk about, that you want to discuss. And I don't think that would have been necessarily mine, even though I was surprised when it happened. I thought that this should have closed last week's show and you've got Drew being pinned and then him coming in ahead of the draft being like, I want my win back. Because that's a thing that you would often hear like Hulk Hogan would want his wins back in reality. Drew is such a winner that he wants his wins back. I remember when Quentin Rampage Jackson got to the UFC and a big thing for him, he wanted to face a guy named Marvin Eastman who nobody cared about anymore but Rampage did because Marvin Eastman beat him back in the day. So he wanted to go back and beat him too. Uh, I think that w- that that is a mark of a winner. And they could have closed tonight with Mustafa Ali. And that would have been a lot better. Uh, Ron Patel says, Denise, you've seen Tommy Boy and know who Bob Ross is. I do. I've seen the movie and I know who Bob Ross is. Well, there you go. One of my friends... Um, my wife's best friend's husband is going to Halloween is Bob Ross. He's been growing out his hair for years for it. <laughs> That's awesome. Paper Cup says the <laughs> Paper Cup says the end of Ross should have been a Kanye concert. Why? That doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense. 
Denise, you frozen up again. Denise, Denise, you frozen up again. You said it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, Denise. Yeah, I mean it doesn't make sense that I'm not performing a Kanye West concert. So let me go ahead and do that. Jesus walks. God, show me the way because the devil's trying to bring me down. Jesus walks with me. Taylor Swift's so possessed and I can't handle it now. Denise. Anymore, Sean. We're not friends. Denise. You you, we're not friends anymore. You did I'm a done. concert with us. No. Dong Lord walks. I love it. Those are definitely not Denise Salcedo concerts, all right? <sighs> In Sogre says, when will Twisted Swifty appear again? I don't know. I don't know. What is that? Well, we were just talking about uh, the Twisted Bliss thing and the Taylor Swift thing and just mixing them in together. I don't know. Okay, fair. Guys, uh, check out Fightful.com. That is our lifeblood. That's how we do everything that we do. We cover fight, uh, pro wrestling and MMA primarily. If you just want wrestling, go to FightfulWrestling.com. If you just want MMA, go to FightfulMMA.com. Fightful.com has them both. This weekend is a loaded one. I know some of you are saying, well, there are no Impact or Ring of Honor or AEW or WWE events this weekend, but the GCW Collective is this weekend, and we're going to have coverage of like all those shows. So make sure you guys check it out. Also, Wednesday, the list in your boy. Make sure you check out our weekly news show. But Denise, you are everywhere. Yes, I am. Okay, so first of all, um, make sure to check out my show on F4W online. It's on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. And this is my very own show, host and produced it all by myself. So it would really mean a lot to me if you guys went and checked it out and then like tweeted about it and told everybody that you loved it so that I can make a good impression and continue doing my show each and every single week. And then you guys can catch me on Friday mornings on Russell Talk with Luke Owen and uh, Friday nights after SmackDown on Sports Kita on their Facebook and YouTube pages with Rick Uchino. So it's a lot pretty much every single day. Um, Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. I'm almost at 10K on Twitter. So come on over there. I'm very, very active. I post a lot. And yeah, just go Twitter and Instagram. Please check out Denise's show. I really enjoyed your show last week. I especially enjoyed about how you talked about how much better than Luke I am. Um, that <laughs> that made me very happy. But again, guys, uh, support Denise. One-person shows are not easy to do. Uh, I've been very fortunate that, that I've had people like Denise and Alex and Warren who can do that. That takes a lot of skill. Denise, I think you're rocking it. Go support her. Until next time, guys, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.